0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: From working out between now and Christmas, amen? Amen. Yeah. I did run twice this week. I'm not that bad. Bodily exercise profits a little.
3: All
2: right. Um, like I said earlier, I was all set up to teach on something. I was all excited about it. And then Becky gave me this teaching from Heidi Baker, and it messed me all up. And, uh, and it, it was very timely. I, you know, sometimes you're prophetic by accident, and uh, that was one of those moments. But I want to do something. Um, before, I, before I dig into this, um, would Doug and Victoria come up here? Yeah, yeah. by the mic there. You you can pull it out. So, I can tell you that when I, I love power encounters. I would rather see God just blast somebody, knock them on the ground, and then get up, and everything's awesome. Right? Is everybody in favor of that? You just, you get hit? It doesn't always work that way because there's a thing called long-suffering and there's a thing called process. And God is in charge of the suddenlies. I prefer good suddenlies like everybody else does. And I would love to just go from suddenly, 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 suddenly. But we are being matured in Christ. With that said, um, I find in my personal walk with the Lord that a suddenly is a suddenly because you didn't know it was coming, right? That's why it was a suddenly. There are good ones, there are bad ones, and I've, I've had some good ones this week. And I would just like for them to share um, just to lay a little groundwork. They came in on Wednesday. Yes, they came in on Wednesday morning to meet with Lisa and I because this is what they said. Now, here's a teaching moment. They said, look, we feel like we're on the outside and we want to get more involved. I'm like, oh so awesome. Because we're constantly, you know, encouraging people to, to get involved, and so they came simply s- to see how they could get involved, what they could do, and it didn't matter to them. You know, I didn't offer the janitorial service, but uh, <laughs> Chris Coulter's got that down. He's got the plunger routine. Anyways, the uh, if you all would just share a little bit. Actually, I was <laughs> going to do it,
3: have a word necessarily when yes, you asked word. I was waiting for him to say maybe have testimonial. And I thought, well we're too far into it. So thank you, Justin, for allowing uh, this opportunity. Because there's actually you saw what happened, uh, but there's a lot more action that happened after that. So I hope this is a blessing everybody to everybody and encourage it. But um, I, I'm happy to give a testimony of all the feelings and breakthroughs that happened that day because I here for about 15 minutes, but I'm going to tell you one that I think Justin wants me to share that has taken 46 years to manifest. Um, when I was a teenager, I had a bad horse accident in traffic, and um, it damaged my spine, and um, I had two bird rays sticking out 7 tenths of an inch further than the other ones, so my spinal cord actually has to be a to run you turn around with. And so it's constant pain on that nerve. Um, it's like having a toothache in one-fourth of your body all the time. And the trauma of the accident, since I wasn't fully grown at that time, caused my left leg to become, um, to, to stop growing. It's yeah. So, in Justin's office, um, my leg grew about to an inch. Oh, no. um, That was nothing for the Lord, of course. And I don't know why. I've been praying before. I don't know why it manifested. It didn't manifest before then. But as it applies here now in my life, we don't know why sometimes our prayers aren't answered right away. Uh, We don't know why we don't have, you know, just lighting bolts and, you know, whatever. But um, it just, I didn't even feel it happen. but Justin told me to look down at my legs and, they were up in his hands and they were now equal. I never felt a movement. He did pull it. There was nothing. My legs were even. Um, since didn't... Yeah. Over the last several years, we've lost the majority of our family uh, to death. And um, we're craving relationships. And we want, we want relationships in the body of Christ. And we want to be equipped more to bring in more family in the body of Christ. And one of the things my spine was causing me to do was I could never stand for more than 10 minutes at a time. I was in pain, i thing, but after about 10 minutes, it just got too much to bear. And so we, I don't know if anybody knows, but we we do service upstairs um, because I always had to put my leg up to get the pain off my nerves. It's just kind of a little too embarrassing to be making ourselves a spectacle here and here's go up here so I could be comfortable. But we missed being down here. We didn't feel like we were plugged in or connected. We want to be in the flow down here with everybody. Well um, and that and also we couldn't come early because I just couldn't handle the the the, the length of the fellowship, the long worship. Um, Justin has a lot to say. So, <laughs> fact, so, we thought, so we would come for half of the worship and all of Justin's message. Well, when we came to church early today, and we were able to fellowship, um, I've stood the entire worship <laughs>
2: There's no pain. Um,
3: How's How's your ear? My ear... <laughs> okay, in 1984, my eardrum was broken. It was verified by the doctors with all kinds of stuff. We we'll did the whole story, the tests and everything. They said there was nothing they could do. My ears were sore In fact, Becky was in her office talking to some people. We were out in front. And before, you had to look at me for me to be able to hear you. I had to see mouth move, and I could hear you. Could not hear around corners. Um most, the average um the, the decibels or whatever that people speaking voice was that part of that, that was broken so it was very hard for me to hear conversations and it was actually, I realized I was listening to Justin when he was talking because I was hearing everything Becky was saying and I was like, well, I heard because I'm hearing all of that, and you didn't say anything personally but the thing is, is that for the first time since I came before, I could actually around corners. Come on! <clears throat> there was another break that I had um, I had uh, been my parents' caretaker before they died, and um, very long traumatic. They both literally almost killed by an We in the hospital with just the amount of. Uh, Stress and breakdown physically, everything. and um, I was able to release that, I didn't realize I hadn't really released my parents to the Lord, and that was a very huge emotional um, release, and I'm so grateful that Justin could see that, and I feel that, I'm so grateful for my parents, they, they led me to the Lord, and so I really need to release, to that I realized that nothing is my fault, when I mean, we get older and we start caring for our parents, sometimes we feel like there's not enough that we can do, or we haven't done enough, and we carry that guilt, um, and you don't have to do that. I mean, you do everything we can, so I don't know if I When um, I got home after having all this, and I was sharing this with a family member, the family member just came down my phone on top of me, <laughs> and said, you know, every time I call you, you're sick and telling me all these bad things about me and what they hated in me and um, I never once insulted back. I walked on them and I said, you know, I love you or, I don't know why you're saying this, but I love you and um, the person never wanted to talk to me again. But instead of letting end the enemy tell me, going back and trying to say, like, hey, you know, why did this person need this for me and, or I'm not worthy or whatever, um, I actually started to worship the Lord. I went to bed peacefully. And uh, I woke up in the morning, and before I did anything, coffee, anything, I went straight to, or I turned on worship music, got my Bible out, I started reading scriptures, I looked at that person to the Lord. This person is two hours distance, you know, earlier. She never gets up before 8 o'clock in the morning. She called it at 6 o'clock her time, and she says, I've got to tell you what's story. She said, uh, I couldn't sleep last night. I went to bed at three and I just woke up a couple of hours ago. I had to call you because I was angry because I see the Lord working your life and I asked the Lord to, you know, why aren't you helping me, Lord? If you were the here, there, you would you would do this for me or heal that or you had breakthroughs and I see the Lord work in your life and me and really mad because I love you. I don't, you know, I, anyway, long story short, we prayed together, we cried together. And she told me, she says, not one, I insulted you, I called you names, I hurt you. And she did not once that she say it. I kind of worked for to community. You had everybody right to call me names and insult me. And she goes, all I saw was the love of Jesus. Name. Amen. Amen. And so, when it looked like she was trying to hurt me, really what it was is she was hurting me. So I just want to encourage you that sometimes we don't know what everybody's going through. And to not be insulted by them, but have the compassion of the Lord in you so that when you can help them out. So we were talking about compassion this morning. And she received that and uh, rededicated her life to the Lord. I also want to add one more thing. Justin <laughs> <laughs> knows we've been going through some financial challenges. Justin, I woke up this morning to write... My check before coming here. There was money in the bank, but I don't know how it got there. Uh, I got paid from something, and I'm not sure I'll have to explore it tomorrow, but um, I have money in the bank literally
1: in my I don't know how it got there. <laughs> Bring it real close to you. There we go. 1979 I had major uh, knee surgery. And Wednesday morning, I know I had a pain in my left knee. Four and a half years ago I had 21 hour heart surgery, and have I in a lot of complications with. And I feel great now after 20 minutes.
2: Amen. Okay. So what you just heard was a healing that they were they, they were contending for. The one healing was forty some years, another healing they were contending for was thirty-five years. But I mean, all of these healings that happened to them in a in a, a matter of an hour and a half they were contending for decades for. There are things that y'all are contending for and the tension is to not throw your hope away because we don't always understand why things are held back. We don't always understand and I don't believe it's because God, it's not God's will to bless us because he doesn't give us sickness. He doesn't tear us apart. He paid for all of that spirit, soul, and body at the cross. So one thing I saw during worship um, in the beginning, I actually saw, like, a dam. And everybody was standing in front of the dam. And I really believe that dam represented the just that weighty heaviness that wasn't the weighty heaviness of the Lord. And uh, But I really believe that the Lord wants to heal old injuries this morning. Think, things that you have been tearing for and things that happened to me a long time ago. In fact, I saw somebody... And I don't think it's today, but I saw someone with a sling on their arm, like specifically their left arm. So if you have an old injury that you took to your left arm, the Lord's going to heal that this morning. But real quick, um, if, if you have old injuries in your body, I want you to stand up. Not all at once, okay. Old injuries, okay. Old injuries, okay. Okay. Um, uh, Victoria, could you come back up here real quick? Because you were healed, and now I, I want you to pray for healing for them. Okay. All right. Now, just for conversation's sake, who who's in physical pain right now that has a level of pain in their body? Okay. We're just going to say it's a ten at the moment. All right. If keep your for those that are standing. If you're sitting. You're also part of the ministry team right now, so get a hold of somebody, put your hands on them, and we're gonna we're gonna pray over these and see some healing happen. Okay? If you're physically able to move, if you can put your hand on somebody that's standing up. Okay.
3: Dear Father, we come to you as brothers and sisters. Boldly to the throne of grace, Lord. You're our Father. You're sitting there. We just come right into your lap. We just rest right in that cocoon that we were singing about, that, that warm, safe place, Lord. We just bring all our infirmities to you. Your word says that by your faith you are healed. Behold, your faith has made you whole. And we have faith right now, Lord, that you have already Already your son for your son have taken away these infirmities. They do not exist because the Lord your our Lord Jesus Christ has completely healed them. His body was broken so that ours could be healed, Lord. That heal heal our spirits, heal our minds, heal our bodies, heal all the all the blood cells that go through, all the tissues, restore that tissue right now, all those muscles, those bones, those nerve endings everything. Make bones straight. Make, make limbs stretch. Have no pain. Take away the pain where just there perfection in every cell and every muscle, every bone, every nerve in me, from the top of our heads down to our feet. Lord, bless the bodies in here. Remove the pain that your son took away when he died on the cross and bore all that pain, all that sin, all that burden. We just give it to you, Lord. We just give that to you, Lord just remove it from our bodies and we celebrate you now that you have restored us because we have faith. That we just, even if we touch the hem of your robe, Lord, that we are healed because we have faith. We know that our Lord is that is, is the impossible God. Our God is the impossible God because he does things that others say that are impossible. It is not impossible with you, Lord. Everything is possible. So that we can become complete vessels to work for you, Lord, for your glory, to, to to be able to bring others to you, Lord, so that we are able-bodied, that nothing stops us from bringing everyone into your fold, Lord, to bring them to salvation. And not only salvation, the Lord, but life and life abundant as you meant it, just as you as you want us to be, have life now, to be able to fellowship with each other, to be able to mature us up, to be able to bring others in so we can... We can get the church ready for Jesus' coming, Lord. We want to fulfill your word, Lord. And we know that you want us complete and whole. We thank you for that, that, that healing in our bodies. Feel that. Feel that. Embrace it. Celebrate God. And if the adversary tries to come and tell you that you're still feeling pain, you just continue praising God for the blessing, for the healing, Just keep on talking into it. If the adversary thinks, oh, I think it's still there, no, it is not. Jesus took it away. If he didn't take it away, then he died for no reason on that cross. And he died to take away your infirmities, to heal you, to strengthen you, to restore your strength and your youth, so that we can all be together to work towards the glory of Christ by bringing all brothers and sisters into into redemption and and to be able to bring his, his heavenly earth, his heaven here on earth. And do His bidding. And now that we're healed, we can even do more of His work. That was the blessing that I received, is that I couldn't fully do God's work because I was infirm. So God not only wants us being free to enjoy this life here, but because we have work to do. And we have the harvest is plain. And we're not capable of going out and working in the fields. We can't do the harvest. So He wants us able-bodied. This is God's will for you, that you are completely healed.
2: Start checking your bodies.
3: And just start praising Him. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. Thank you, God, for healing me. Thank you, God, for taking away the pain. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
2: Yeah. Amen.
1: Thank you,
3: Jesus.
2: Hey, if, if all your pain's gone, raise your hand. All right, come on. Uh, the, the Lord's, who, who has hearing issues? I really feel the Lord wants to open ears up like He opened her ear up. And if you have, if you have, if you have uh, loss of hearing, uh, stay standing, please. And if you weren't standing and you have uh, loss of hearing, stand up. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then He said, What'd you say? And one other thing while she was praying, the other thing I saw was this. I saw like someone had slipped, like almost like on ice, and they tore their hamstring. Somebody, somebody got an old hamstring injury? Was that you? I okay to my knee and
1: hamstring
2: Okay. All right. So right now, Father, we take authority over the ears. Right now, we command every ear to open. Right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for complete healing over the ears. And I thank you for complete healing over the hamstring. We command trauma to go now. I command the ringing, the low tone, the low ringing of the ear to release. In Jesus' name. Check your, uh, if you can check your ear, check it. Check your hamstring. Pardon? You'd have to walk? Oh. Okay. Your shoulder's better? Is it, is it all paint gone somewhat? Where are you at? Most? Most? Okay, Lord, I thank you for complete healing over her shoulder right now. I thank you for the teaching gift that's on her life, Lord. I thank you for that administrative gift that you've placed inside of her. And I just command that pain with that spirit that flew by your shoulder to go now in Jesus' name. Check your shoulder. You're gone now? Okay. All right. So, I gotta grab my Bible. I was all fired up to teach on false prophets this morning and prophecy and poor prophecy and how to build a difference, and you will have to come back. There we go. If you have your Bibles, whether physical or on your iPads or iPhones. Androids don't count, but, um, that was wrong, sorry, Lord. but I just offended about five people. <laughs> I love Android, I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> Man, this is a tough crowd.
2: If you, if you would turn to 1 Corinthians 13, um, I'm going to read this out of the Passion. So as you can guess, we're going to talk about the healing power of compassion this morning. I, uh, o- over this week, i got to tell you, oh, actually over the last few weeks, my wife has asked me about Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> and what that means, what that translates as when I hit compassion fatigue, I get a little grumpy. I know I'm the only one, so I'll talk to myself this morning. And I get, I get irritated. I get short. There's moments where I get squeezed, and guess what? Jesus doesn't come out. Just being honest. Sorry. And I realized that the Lord was revealing my. Lines that I had drawn in the sand to how far I was willing to go with love. We all have them. And Jesus said, if you preserve your life, you'll lose it. So in His graciousness, He shows us where our lines are. You know, I was telling somebody this morning uh, during worship practice, I said, you know, I did inner healing and deliverance ministry for like a decade. And, you know, I fought hell. I've been... Demons have told me they're going to kill me and my family audibly through people. Lights have kicked on and off. I mean, I could write a book on craziness. And every time I watch the Lord come through and set people free, it's amazing. But I'm not... I wasn't necessarily in a relationship with them. See, we can get into holy huddles and think we're really mature because we don't allow a lot of people around our lives. We can convince ourselves that we're loving others the way Jesus loves us, because we're isolating ourselves. Awful quiet. See, Thanksgiving and Christmas, guess what happens? You get to spend time with all those relatives that you've stayed away from all year. And everybody's got a crazy uncle. Anybody ever seen Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase? Everybody's got a Cousin Eddie. (laughs) Couldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. Sorry. That was a non-spiritual moment. I'm back. And, And some of you are suffering loss right now. Some of you are reminded of loved ones you've lost. And you can, the spirit of heaviness can come over you. Some of you are grieving relationships. Because they're simply not what you wish they were. And you know, Galatians says that we're to bear one another's burdens, right? But what it does not mean is that we are to carry the responsibility for somebody else's life on our back. You know? And and that's what we end up doing. We end up we end up taking the responsibility for other people's lives because we're convinced in our heart we need their approval. And then when they don't respond to us the way we desire, we get resentful because we can't fix them. Mm-hmm. <coughs> that was good, Chad. Very <laughs> good. And so I'm listening to Heidi Baker yesterday, and she cracks me out. She hoes and shawas and shundai and Hyundai <laughs> and Suzukis <laughs> and uh, and. She'll be here in January, by the way, her little heart for a conference at Impact. So if you're not signed up, I'd highly recommend that you sign up because it'll be good. Um, And she's talking about ah, love, God's love, not our love, not our our ministers, not our uh, governors that we put on how far we're willing to walk with people We can hide behind our gifts, but God knows our heart. I've met I've a lot of people with a lot of really strong giftings, but their character wasn't where their gift was. And there's always times in our lives where we hit wilderness, we hit deserts in our lives, we hit that dark night of the soul, and guess what happens? All of a sudden, God shuts the level of your gifting down, and the only thing that's going to shine is your character, or the lack of. The number one thing that God's doing in your life, bar none, is conforming you into the image of His Son, period. Everybody talks about wanting to know God's will. Number one, you're being conformed into the image of Christ. That is God's will for all of us. And like I've said a million times, the only thing you're going to take into heaven is your character. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of these gifts are to destroy the works of the evil one here and now you'll give an account for your gifts whether or not you're using them. But it's the here and now that those gifts are here for. But they're going to disappear one day. 1 Corinthians 13 in the Passion says this. It says, If I were to speak with elegance in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels... Yet I didn't express myself with love. My words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but never learned to love, then I'm nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor, And to offer my body to be burned as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else when you're still waiting for your breakthrough. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Let me tell you something. When you are offended quickly, it's because you're dealing with rejection. One of the the number one fruit of a spirit of rejection is how quickly you get ticked off at somebody. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it... Ooh, to me, the first thing that happened when Adam and Eve left the garden is they hid. Fear entered in in that moment. They never knew what fear was before. It says that they were naked and unashamed. They had no idea because they were covered in the light of God and they walked with Him in the cool of the day and when they fell they hid themselves out of fear because they were absolutely convinced that the Father was going to take them out. That's what Psalms 91 talks about. Love is a safe place of shelter that we abide under the shelter of the Almighty. When my wife was 17 years old, she was rebelling against God at the moment, tipped off and smoking a cigarette on the roof of her house, listening to Nine Inch Nails. And, yeah. yeah Nine Inch Nails. And so, she's told the story. I didn't have to ask for permission. And, uh, and in the midst of that... She, she was really going, all right, God, what's the deal? Are you real or what? Like she was having like a John the Baptist in prison moment, so to speak. And all of a sudden, all these lights started to shoot at her in her room. And she, and she literally was like feeling horrible fear because these demons had come in and they were shooting lights, which the lights were the spirits. And... All of a sudden, she cries out to the Lord, and from the left side of her bed, from the left side of her bed came a wing, a physical wing that she could see, and it her bed, and she could see the details of the feathers. And total peace and calm came in that moment because she came under the shelter of the Lord, under His wing, like Psalms 91. And when that, when that wing had dissipated, and totally disappeared, She was like, many of you would go, what in the world was that? And she gets under her bed, or maybe some of your Bibles are, and she goes to get her Bible, and it's covered in dust. She knocks the dust off. It was, for real. And (laughs) it's so much easier telling on other people. And... uh, (laughs) And she goes, God, what in the world was that? And she literally plays scriptural roulette and she opens her Bible straight to Psalms ninety-one. <laughs> that encounter changed her life. She chose to go to Pensacola Christian College after that. Why that particular school? I have no idea. But I ended up there for one semester and that's how we met. But had she not had that encounter, that suddenly in her life, she Probably never, because she said she wanted to find the strictest school ever. Hallelujah, she found it, and it uh, <laughs> only lasted a semester. I knew my I stayed, and it was when the when the Pensacola revival was happening. <sighs> Anyways, um, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. How many of you are scared to death to move forward right now because you fear failure? How many of you are afraid to go do something right now simply because what if I blow it? Because your identity is wrapped up in performance instead of in Jesus. Because if it was wrapped up in Jesus, failure would not define you because you're not looking to your performance to tell you who you are. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reason like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set my childish ways. I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles. And mysteries as though reflected in a mirror One day I will see face to face My understanding is incomplete now But one day I will understand everything Just as everything about me has been fully understood Until then, there are three things that remain Faith, hope, and love Yet love surpasses them all So above all else Let love be the beautiful prize for which you run What if we got an accompany of people that the ultimate prize was to run after the heart of the Father? What if there was an accompany of people that the ultimate prize was love, His love, to run after His heart, to abide in Him, to live and move and have your being in Him. What if What if that was really our ultimate prize? Yesterday, um, when I was listening to that teaching. From Heidi Baker. She said all these people are always trying to fix her methods. And, uh, <laughs> and 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 she starts talking about the methods of God and this and that. And and because they said, you know, you can go to the next level if you just do this. And she was talking about being in the bush with a light bulb flickering on a generator. And she was just, it was, it was hilarious listening to it. And she goes, you want to know where the next level is? And it's audio. We can't see it. And all of a sudden you hear this. (laughs) She hits the ground. And she says, the way up is down. It's humility. It's learning to love. Which is, it says love is not self-seeking. What if the only reason you're stuck where you're at is because you don't know how to celebrate someone else's breakthrough when you're waiting for yours? Mercy Gate Ministries was in the, the little Hill Country newspaper journal um, a couple of days ago. And let me tell you something. When you step out of OB, all of this, we came back from Bethel simply knowing we needed to reach out to the poor and the homeless. We, that's what we knew. And all of a sudden, we, there's a nonprofit that's birthed out of that. And they were given a mobile home. Given a mobile home this past week. And we're going to get that mobile home put on a lot. And as far as I know, Miss Becky is going to be living in that mobile home. But we have vision to have a small community eventually on property where we have lots of small houses. So when people fall on hard times, we can put them into those homes temporarily. And then get them equipped so they can make a living for their own and then turn around and help others out of their surplus. Sounds like the kingdom, right? And so, but if if you can see yourself, let me tell you something, when you're dreaming with God, if you can see yourself accomplishing what He's called you to do, out of your own skill and intellect, it isn't Him. He said, just like I can do nothing without the Father, you can do nothing without me. And God's called us to kingdom sized assignments, which means if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, you're toast. It's what John Paul Jackson called the dark night of the Spirit. You get into the place in your life to where you're totally, recklessly abandoned to the Lord. And if He doesn't show, you're toast. And then you never leave that place. You just bask in His presence in that place. See, we're constantly in a tug-of-war of how far we're willing to go with people. And as soon as we think that we've learned to love, then God puts Cousin Eddie into your life. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Amen. Heidi, one of Heidi's kids, that George, she called him George, George ran away nine times. I got news for you. About time four, I would have had the sword of the Lord out and been ready to do some five-fold ministry. And on number eight, she literally flies halfway across to Africa to get this kid. She pays for an airline ticket for this dude. And she had to stay one extra day. And she tells George, now go back. Guess what? George sold
3: the ticket.
2: (laughs) Hello, people sold the ticket. This is like the eighth time this joker ran away and sold the ticket. I'd be like, well, hang out with the lions if that's what you want to do then, dude. And the center would take him, so she built the center. (laughs) Yeah. And guess what? The Lord kept telling her, go get him. Go get him. Go get him. Go get him. him 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 him. And after the ninth time, the dude came back. Oh, (laughs) on that last trip, he was at the airport and he lied to somebody, but he lost his ticket. And they bought him another ticket and he got back. <laughs> and I'm over there getting all fired up because I'm like, boy, that old covenant of starting to come out. <laughs> and I say it, the Lord. No. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm getting messed up listening to this because this last couple of weeks, I drew lines with some people. And I'm sitting there watching my wife love these people like way better than I was doing in that moment. And I drew lines in the sand. And partly because I still believed the lie that it was my job to save them. And when they didn't respond to my saving... But guess what? I got upset. My, uh, I know my, my brother won't mind this. He uh, he he'll be back here in Kerrville on Monday. But my brother had a twenty-some year addiction, prison twice. I mean, you know, he was like cousin Eddie on steroids, and and I, and I literally used to have to sleep with my wallet under my pillow. With my car keys. And uh, we grew up in our south of Chicago. Yes, I'm, I'm not a Texan. Please don't quote that against me. And he came here three years ago to get his life together. And he was doing absolutely amazing. I was doing ministry with him. He got a house, he, he, he was working, all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, he got angry towards the Lord again, rebelled, fell back into addiction, and then got busted. I'm almost done, kids, I promise. And fell back into addiction, and so he'd been gone for almost a year. And I could feel that old familiar feeling trying to come on top of me again with, it's my responsibility. I've got to take care of him. And the fear. What if he doesn't make it? We've got to get raw and get real with each other and kick the religious spirit in the forehead. We've got to be willing as a body and as leadership in the body to live vulnerable, to live transparent. Listen, this is this, this is what you get. If you don't like it, I still bless you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to live in the shadows. You know, so many times people have this illusion that if you're in leadership, like all your poop's in a pile. You no, nice and neat, and there's no messes. And, and that's not always the case. I'm learning to love just like everybody else is. In fact, I'm, I'm learning to occupy in a different place, just like each of you are. And we're all learning together. We're all learning to love. Sorry, I couldn't see my... Let me read this as we finish up. I, I, yeah, I didn't even get to the outline. Um, I, w- I want listen to read. Listen to these footnotes. This is amazing. It says, um, the, implica- the implication is that The angels speak a distinct language among themselves that is not known on earth, which I believe Paul understood the heavenly languages. Hello? He was in heaven taught face to face. I know a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, who was caught up to the third heaven. So, what does that tell you? That means there's two other heavens. If there's a third heaven, there's a second heaven and a first heaven. The first heaven is what you see in the sky. The third heaven, which is the throne room of God, according to Psalms, is due north. Okay. <laughs> it is difficult to fully express the meaning of this word and translate it into English. You could say in the Aramaic, concept is, I'm sorry, I skipped it, uh, also set on fire. So the Aramaic word for love is hupa, and it is a homonym. That also means to set on fire. Has anybody ever felt when the love of God comes, you are absolutely on fire? Thursday night, a woman was at our home, a friend of ours, their friend. They had fallen and they messed her hip up. Lisa said, Will you pray for her? They're fixing the lead. I go to I'm pray for her, nothing happens. She goes, You don't need to pray for me. I said, I know, but I want to, can I? And I pray a second time, and all of a sudden, she goes, What is that? She goes, what is that? I go, what? She goes, I can feel the pain in my leg vibrating when you prayed. So what does that tell you? It tells you it's trauma. And that spirit is literally busting loose and cannot hold on. And by the third time, she's freaking out because her whole body's on fire. Her whole body's hot. Her hands are on fire. She goes, what is this? I said, it's the Holy Spirit. And after that... We get the pain, like the pain's like 99% gone, and then her friend mentions that she'd had an abusive relationship before, and all of a sudden, this lady gets set free of trauma from physical abuse from her first husband in my kitchen on Thanksgiving. Which, again, I was minding my own business, probably thinking of what I'm gonna eat next, hallelujah, because I did gain 20 pounds in a year. But it's the fiery love of God. You carry the fiery love of God inside of you. Why do you think they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire? That fire is His love. And you, as an company of people, must learn to carry the fire of God. There we Hello. Listen, to me. there's a world all around me dying right now on the way to hell. And if we stay in our little holy huddles, always patting each other on the shoulders how awesome we are, we've missed the whole thing. We've missed it all. But if we roll up our sleeves and we get into the marketplace and we get into the mountains where the the influence is and we begin to pull these suckers down, we're going to see a nation transformed. We'll see this nation brought back to the Lord. Listen. Gross darkness may cover the face of the earth, but the glory of the knowledge of God will cover the, wa- the earth as the waters cover the sea. Do you realize right now there's two things happening at the same time? The reason why darkness is getting louder is because it's scared to death. Because these kingdoms are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and our Christ. You have one. Cho- you have two choices: stare at darkness and live a defeated, orphaned life, or stare at the kingdom. Focus on Christ in you and release the kingdom through you. This is the choice you have today. You're not defeated. You're not beat up. You're not helpless. You're not what the media tells you. You're not what the world tells you. You're not even what half the stinking church tells you. You're sons and daughters of the king. You're royalty. And you carry the very resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead inside of you. And we're over here staring at mountains and going, please move. No, forget, please move. You tell it to move in Jesus' name because you got the authority. I want to show you this as we close. The prayer teams will come forward. I made this the day before Thanksgiving. Come on, Wi Fi, please.
1: designed you for such a time as this. For this time in history, He set you here to accomplish things that only you can accomplish. He set you here at this moment in history so that you can touch people that nobody else can touch because He's in you. There's ground right now that you've not stepped on that has anointing that will be released the very moment that you step on it, because of geographical anointing that's been set from a point of time for your arrival. Transformed people, transformed culture. One of the greatest reasons why we're not truly seeing the church bringing transformation, bringing heaven to the earth. Come on. Because the church is in a wounded state. When the people get healed, when they get their hearts healed, then they, at everything cool. they touch around them becomes transformed. As your hearts healed up, as you come out of captivity, come out of prisons, when you take off your great clothes, and you walk in your identity, then you, because you are transformed, you get to see the ancient ruins rebuilt. You get to see those things that have been devastated in your life and in your family through You eat. Transform. Transformed people transform cities. When you are restored, when you are transformed in Christ, your new creation, Then you bring. to your culture you bring transformation to your marriage you bring transformation to your friendships you see your city transformed and then from cities you literally see a state transformed and then from a state you can see a nation transformed and eventually the kingdoms of this earth will become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ will rebuild ruined cities they will recover things that have been lost in generations Listen. Transformed people transform culture. Transformed people transform culture. One transformed life can transform their family, husbands. When you get your heart healed up, you can transform your marriage. You can transform you as a dad. You can transform your family, your friends. What think, hey, Sen? Today, that needs to be pulled down in the name of Jesus so that you can get your heart healed. You can be pulled out of captivity. You can walk out of a prison door because the door's are already open. When Jesus said it's finished, He meant it. It is finished. You, you have the resurrection power living inside of you. The very power that rose Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. In you, the hope of glory. Bless you
2: all. Okay, I'm going to close with some prayer. And uh, we have a baptism at 4 p.m. at the cross. Uh, Santana, which I believe that's his wife, Jasmine, with the baby. She's had her, blessed her grace. Um, so if anybody else wants to join us at 4, we're going to be there for baptism. If you've not been baptized and you want to be baptized, bring your swim trunks, okay? And uh, we're going to close in prayer, and then normally a group of us go to lunch. Um, I believe this time we will go to Billy Jean's. It's been a while. We'll invade that place. I'll close us in prayer. If you don't need any prayer, bless y'all. Thanks for coming. And, uh, oh, uh, Christmas Eve is a Sunday. We will have a normal service Christmas Eve morning, okay? So, Father, I just thank you for healings. I thank you for healing our heart. I thank you for salvation, Lord. I thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this region. I thank you, Lord, that it's going to... Literally spread like a wildfire, and Lord, um, I thank you. Okay, sorry. Um, Does somebody have memory issues because of a concussion? Like literally, I just heard like the. Does somebody have a concussion and you have a hard time with with remembering things? Someone. It like totally admitting my prayer. Is that you? Okay. Boy, don't be waiting. We've got a false problem. (laughs) (laughs) So Father, right now, I thank you for healing his memory right now. I thank you for removing the trauma from the concussion. I command wholeness of his mind. Confusion and trauma leave his mind in Jesus' name. Right now. And I command the band around his hip causing the pain to release in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I just bless them. Lord, I just pray that we would go out and see the works of the enemy destroyed this week, that we would see our favor that you've placed on our lives increase for with those around us, Lord, so we can accomplish the assignments that you've given us. Thank you for everything you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
3: Amen. thank you. Yeah. And we, we were totally planned on being over. Thursday. Yeah. In fact, I had some very special dishes I knew everybody was going to just enjoy. Right. And we had so much spiritual breakthrough Thursday with family. Yeah, yeah. So if we had like dealt with, we would have gone and had a great time. No, it's okay. So, okay I'm, I'm not offended at all. Okay. Not I we're so grateful because it's like we wanted to figure out how we could help, and you he just blessed us so much. Also, I want to tell you, my sister was saying, you "No, know, God has left me, God has forsaken me, and I told her, I said, the Lord wants me to tell you something, So He has not left you. In fact, to prove He's not left you, every time you turn around, how come you're running into Him? You think you're running away from Him, you're running into Him, and she goes, you know, every day I tell God, why are you doing this, or whatever, so... And anyway, we thank you for letting me share that. But all day during your sermon, I just saw a blue light envelop your whole... Like, especially a blue light right around here. It was just following me So I don't know what the blue aura means. Yeah, I but, the, the blue light's the Holy Spirit. Well, it was just upon you. I mean, I, I saw it. I was took my eyeglasses off, rubbed my eyes, you know, changed my, where I was looking. I kept looking. And you just the Holy Spirit was right on you when you were when you were talking. So I just want to share that with you. Thank you, can I? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming to request your deliverance gifting. Eric, yeah. yeah. having fun okay. okay. I just want to introduce you to Katie.
1: This is your cat's daughter-in-law. Awesome, nice to meet you. Does
2: great Cool, very nice to meet you. Okay. I'm going to just let you
3: guys talk. Okay. Thank you. This
2: is an <laughs> Uh, just wanted to say, awesome how
1: it's so much power through prayer. Like I never realized how much power there like, is. Yeah. Like, like when I first started coming, I I have major bumps in my shoulders. Like they would they just come out of socket easily. even Right. Like, easy, easy. Like, you I work. Like, I, like I remember I was at JoJo and uh, I was helping her with the swim kids. I just did a flip in the barrel and my shoulders came in place. Yeah. So what's up? So. I